of General Quarters. This is a podcast dedicated to one of my favorite tabletop games, Victory at Sea, released by uh, Warlord Games, I think, in 2020. So, relatively new addition to the Warlord Games family. A lot of fun. Let me introduce myself. My name is Matthew. I have been a tabletop gamer since 2016. Uh, and I was really excited when this game came out because I am a huge naval historian and I absolutely love World War II naval combat, especially the Pacific War. But that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy the uh, the fighting that took place in the Atlantic. In case you're new to uh, Victory at Sea or you're familiar with one of the other um, Warlord Games lines such as Black Powder or um, Bolt Action, another one of my favorites right there. Um, this is an one eighteen hundredth scale World War II air surface and subsurface naval combat game. So basically the major powers um, fighting in the Second World War, you'll find battleships, cruisers, carriers, and a whole host of other craft. Um, and it's on your tabletop. Six factions, obviously the big ones, the Royal Navy, the United States Navy, and the Marine Nationale for the Allies, representing Britain, the United States, and France, respectively. The Axis powers are represented by the Kriegsmarine, the Imperial Japanese Navy, and the Regia Marina. Um, I just looked down at my notes and probably should add at this point in time that I am in no way affiliated officially with uh, Warlord Games. I am just a very enthusiastic fan who enjoys this system. Seeing that there wasn't any podcast set for um, for Victory at Sea, decided to jump in and actually make my own uh, podcast here. So, um, with that being said, I do want to tell you if there's any episode, maybe this one or the next one, um, going into a little more detail about how the game is played. If you only listen to the first two, I am totally fine with that. Um, my job, at least for the first episodes, is to give you the 30,000-foot view um, of my opinion of Victory at Sea. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to hit you with pros and cons. I'm, I'm going to you know, point you in the direction of other uh, models and things like that. Um, again, no, and I'll say here too, no endorsements. I have in no way been compensated. This is just what I have discovered um, and uh, some of my own personal observations because I don't want to say recommendations um, in order how to make the game more fun. Um, so with that being said, let's move into pros and cons. Uh, I think overall this is a really, really good rule set. Um, and I'm talking about the main rule book. It's very, very thorough. It talks a lot about... Um, you know how do you play with aircraft in terms of in terms of aircraft carriers? Um, how to fight with the surface actions, which consisted of quite a bit of the war right here, and then the submarine. I will freely admit um, I have not yet dabbled in the submarine rules, but my goal is to try that very soon because I do have some uh, submarines. I think I just need to get some merchant ships. <laughs> um, 
and then I think the big thing, the second big thing is the detail in the in the rule book. While they may not have all the models, and that's a con. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, while they haven't hit um, critical, ma I'll touch about it here. Um, they have not gotten Warlord hasn't gotten a critical mass yet of ships and planes. Uh, I love what they have put out. Um, the products are amazing. Um, the level of detail from the casting and the resin is is really, really good. Uh, unfortunately, um, they don't have everything yet. I mean, one, that's just a physical impossibility. I mean, when you look at the United States Navy alone, uh, I think I read statistics somewhere that said that the U.S. Navy had like 600 ships during World War II. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of those were auxiliaries, but, um, you know, we're never going to see all the United States Navy. That is just ridiculous. Um, but um, the rule book provides you with rules for almost every single class of ships um, active during World War II. So you, if it's a major fleet unit, um, um, generally all of your battleships cruisers carriers are going to be individual um they even have some um shall we call it uh units that were planned but not completed uh, and there are some good ones of those too uh, at least the stats for them um so if you find models which we'll talk about i'll talk about that in a little bit um you will find that they have stats for them built into the game. So if you find the model, if they don't put it out, you can actually still play with it, which I think is awesome. Um, for those who are like me, also playing bolt action, it would be like getting, you know, only one type of, having the stats um, for one type of Sherman, but not, you know, not having models for all of them, which I know would be completely stupid, but using that as an example right here. So you have the stats for every single unit. It's just a question of whether or not they will uh, get models for it. So moving into the cons, uh, like I said, they haven't hit the critical mass of ships yet that they produce in their line. Um, I'll talk about the fleet boxes um, when I discuss each particular ship, or excuse me, each particular country. Um, so that's going to be a little further down the road, too, if you want to stick around for that. Would happy if you do. Um, but suffice to say, um, it seems a little top-heavy. Um, Warlord has been putting out a lot of the capital ships, the battleships. Nothing wrong with that. But when you look at the grand scheme of the war, they weren't the predominant surface combatant. Um, like, for example, the United States Navy. And again, I apologize to my overseas uh, listeners if anybody's from around the world. Um, I know the United States Navy the best, uh, at least right off the top of my head. Um, the United States Navy had 10 fast battleships during World War II. Um, they weren't everywhere. Uh, they often did not deploy together, um, although as the war progressed, they actually did. But also looking at it from the Royal Navy's perspective and a uh, uh, woot to the uh, shout out to the White Ensign, uh, the folks in the Royal Navy there. Um, Queen, uh, the King George V class had five fast battleships. Um, and again, it was really hard for them to serve, you know, together because they had the, the Royal Navy was stretched. It had to cover a lot of real estate. Um, 
more likely you're going to find cruisers and destroyers. Now, uh, the cruisers for the game, uh, a lot of countries have some. The United States, uh, the Japanese especially, have a ton of cruisers. The Kriegsmarine, the Germans, um, almost, yeah, they have released all the heavy cruisers um, for them. Um, they just, I feel that they just need more cruisers, and in particular the heavy cruisers, uh, because they were kind of the, you know, I would almost say like the high-end, you know, heavy hitters of the war that could deploy sort of independently. They haven't hit that critical mass yet. Same with aircraft. Um, they have great aircraft that they've put out, but just don't have the diversity that they have listed uh, in the rulebook. And again, with aircraft, rules are in there. Um, but they just don't have the models yet. Um, and I'll say it too, I love Warlord's products, but they're a little pricey. Um, so Warlord, I, I know you guys, I don't know if anybody's listening or not from, from the company. Um, but, um, that's just kind of my opinion right there too. All right. So enough about pros and cons moving on to getting started. I would certainly recommend get yourself the battle for the Pacific starter, whether or not you want to, um, you know, play as the Americans or the Japanese. I think just having the starter guide and what you get with it is just phenomenal. Um, the tools that come with it is the turning gauge. It looks like a little L-shaped device that actually helps you to be able to maneuver your ships, and it comes in two sizes. A smaller one for your small craft, like destroyers. Some of your cruisers might be able to handle that, um, but more likely the cruisers are going to be on the big one um, to be able to help you turn. Um, so really, really helpful tools right there. Markers, you're going to need critical damage, smoke markers, critical hit tokens, vital systems. What are all of these things? Well, we'll cover that in just a minute when we're talking just a really brief flyover of how to play the game. Models that are included, um, again, the U.S. Navy, the Japanese. The United States Navy gets the Indianapolis, the Chicago, the Northampton, and a total of four. No, I take that back. It's... They had four or th three or four Fletcher destroyers. I don't know. I put my Americans. Um, I don't really play the Americans that much, as crazy as that sounds. Um, um, but you get a certain number of intro destroyers. For the Imperial Japanese Navy, you got more, again, the heavy cruisers for them the Mogami, the Kumano, the Furutaka, and then either three or four uh, destroyers that you can put together there, the Fubuki class. Um, and then lastly, the starter guide. Again, absolutely critical. It's just like other Warlord starters where you get the starter box, you pull everything out, everything you need is right there. Um, for each of these ships, you actually have ship cards. Uh, each one has uh, the following things on them. You have the class name of the ships, the type, points, Point value for how much the ship costs for you to be able to play. Armor, speed, hull points, armament, skills, and refits. The class name. So going back up top right here, um, back to the order for the uh, the ships that you get. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, starting with the Indianapolis. So she is a Portland class destroyer. Uh, excuse me, Portland class cruiser. Um, the type is, of course, the cruiser. The points tells you how many hull points each ship is worth. I don't remember what the Indianapolis is off the top of my head. 
um, but the game is designed for to be able to use X number of points uh, to be able to play. Um, armor, how much hits can she take? Uh, speed, how fast can she go? Hull points, um, how many hits, how many points worth of damage can she take before she ends up on the bottom of the ocean? Armament, are we talking main guns, secondary guns, anti-aircraft guns, torpedoes, um, and then skills. Does the ship have any unique skills right here for ship traits? Things like aircraft, things like agile, which means being able to turn tighter than everyone else. Uh, all of these things right here, radar, all of these things are listed under skills. And then lastly, uh, Warlord's done a really great job on the flip side of each of these cards for the, the major units. Um, when the ship was refitted, when did it, you know, improve? So you could lose, you could lose armament. Uh, in a lot of cases, a lot of the, the allied ships lost torpedo armament and gained, um, anti-aircraft armament, um, as the war progressed because they realized, um, surface ships weren't as big of a threat as they initially thought at the beginning of the war. Um, so you can adjust it accordingly, but I will say, the great thing about it is the base cards, you can play with those no problem. I say 99% of the games I've played, um, I don't even touch the refits just because it can get really, really tough after a while. All right, moving on to the nuts and bolts. The game is played in approximately four different four different stages or phases, okay? Uh, you have the initiative phase. You have the movement phase, you have the gunnery phase, and the end phase. So the initiative phase, simply put, you roll off to see who goes first, or excuse me, who wins initiative. Um, generally, higher die roll wins, but there are some intangibles. Uh, if you bring things like scouting assets, like, uh, like float planes, again, being able to see your opponent along the horizon before they get to you, in theory. Um, then we talk about the movement phase uh, it's based on initiative um, so if you win initiative you move second but you get to shoot first and uh, if you hear the clicking in the background I want to apologize that is my, uh, my dog Hoffman he's got some really long nails so I apologize for those of you who are a bit anal like I am uh, and can hear that I was just trying to ignore him <laughs> um, everything is based off of the ship's bridge. So arc of fire, whether it's port starboard, forward, or aft, is based off the bridge. Range, um, everything. Turning in the game is based off of the bridge where the bridge is located. Um, and there is pre-measuring. So if, if you're familiar with other tabletop games, yes, you can pre-measure before you do anything. Um, so movement, you have to move at least one inch every turn. You can turn up to 45 degrees every two inches, and this is just a base thing because there are some special rules where, you know, if you've got different skill sets, you can turn a little tighter. Uh, some orders, which I'll cover in just a, minute, cover in just a second. Um, and move up to the maximum uh, movement on your particular ships right here. Um, the movement in theory is meant to be simultaneous. It says that in the rule book. However, ships cannot end on each other. So there are no ramming rules. Yes, uh, no, I should put that down as another con. Some of my friends are like, you should be able to ram. They did ram in World War II. Yes, um, but these ships are equipped with uh, a larger base. If you've not seen the models, uh, I absolutely love the fact that they've got those bases on there. So 
but that's just me. Um, and then you also have the opportunity for special orders, things like scramble and hard over. Uh, if you're playing with aircraft carriers, it's supposed to double. The, if you pass the order test, it allows you to launch double the amount of aircraft um, that you normally would, the number of flights. Um, and then hard over is you can turn your ship up to 90 degrees in a single turn, um, but you can't turn your ship the rest of the way. Um, and, you, and both of those, all of the, the special orders, uh, I think except for smokescreen, require a uh, pass an order test. Then we move on to the gunnery phase. Um, so if you've if you won initiative, you've moved second, which allows you to be able to react to your opponent. But then you get to shoot first. Um, so it's not like, you know, bolt action or some of the other games where you pull dice out and, and you see a really random order. Um, when you do gunnery, you need to nominate targets for all your weapon systems. So you pick, you go, you know, main guns. Um, you know, you can fire one, all of your guns at one target. You can split fire. Um, so like, for example, let's say your mate, your bow guns are in a position to strike one tar or can only shoot, you know, something in its arc. Um, but your rear guns can't, but your rear gun can fire on another target, you know, declare all that first anti-aircraft fire. Um, and then you go into resolve firing. There's a table for that. And again, this is just kind of a brief flyover. I will give you uh, probably my next one. I will go into more detail about how to actually play the game. Um, there are rules for torpedoes um, and then once you resolve all the firing there's a chart for like if you're really far away if you are if your targets immobilized or if it's not going anywhere if it's a surface target um, or excuse me shore target so you didn't have rules for that too that's another con right there um, you can move then into you know do the damp resolve the damage talking about hull points uh cruisers are typically somewhere in the neighborhood of i think i've seen as low as like 15 16 17 um some of the heavy cruisers are higher up in the 30 to 35 hull points um so every hit you take you know everyone everyone that rolls over a certain damage for your armor that reduces hull points you get to zero ship sinks uh if you roll natural sixes or sixes and fives depending on the system you can receive critical damage it's going to do things like slow your speed down and you are your crew has been forced to repair that or you take crew damage because they do take into a fat into account that your crew is firing weapon systems and I think more than likely a crew, if they're going to have to choose between being on the offensive or making sure their ship doesn't sink, I think they're going to be worried about keeping their ship afloat. So um, that is something that can be repaired. Hull points cannot be repaired in the middle of the game. Um, if a critical damage takes place and it ends up um, doing a special type of critical damage, uh, it's called vital systems um it's a d10 system um with a few exceptions uh or d10 for damage d10 for um uh no d6 for damage d10 for critical system critical damage d10 for initiative um but a d6 for damage um so 
um, if you roll a, a 10, it damages vital systems. Um, and then you roll off D6 on another chart, and this, this is damage that cannot be repaired. Uh, think, for those of you who are naval enthusiasts and naval historians, think Battleship Bismarck hit by the Swordfish. Takes out the rudder, the ship turns continually to the right, and you cannot come back from that. That is something you have to deal with for the rest of the game. Um, so then once all of that is done between both sides, the last thing to be done is end phase. You can do damage control. Your critical damage, you can, you're, you can elect to try to get your crew to repair uh, that critical damage. If they don't, they can have something on the chart called escalation. That means you didn't take care of the damage, and since you're at this particular point, it's going to get worse. Uh, I have seen in some of the games right here where where escalation can cut down. I think I was playing one of my first games with the HMS Warspite, uh, and I apologize to the Brits out there if I if I mispronounce that. I've heard it a couple of different ways. Warspit, Warspit, Warspite. I apologize. Uh, I just love the grand old lady too, the the veteran of Jutland, and uh, you know the fight, the longest range fire in the in battleship history. Um, but like. She's got like 60, 70 hull points, and she got cut down by almost half by just damage and then critical critical damage, it escalation. It was just nasty in one turn. Uh, I think she guys because she got hit by a torpedo, um, so it can get nasty. Okay, um, so that's how to play the game in a nutshell. If you are particularly interested in the game and you're like, ooh, um, you're looking over Warlord's website and again, store.warlord.com, absolutely love their 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 um, their their products. Want to plug that because you know they are the ones who keep the game going. Um, let's say you want something that they don't have. Well, that's when we delve into the uh, other research that I've done. Um, and again, want a disclaimer, I do not endorse these products and I receive no compensation for bringing these up. This is just something that I've looked for, I've experimented with and found these wonderful things um, that can really, really add to the game to, for you. All right, so Etsy, I know everybody loves that. Oh, not everybody. If you've not used Etsy before, you find some really, really great stuff there little spoiler a little plug right here too shameless plugging um playing my my soviets for bolt action um i ended up finding somebody really great i can't remember the name off the top of my head um because i'm doing my podcast on victory c i found that they somebody 3d resin prints a soviet 122 millimeter crew um with four guys um and they can come fully painted based however you want. It was fantastic. Absolutely love that. So et, I, I definitely want to plug some stuff on Etsy. If there's a unit that you don't have, check it out. See if you can find it on Etsy. Some great stores on Etsy. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, XP Forge. Uh, based out of Georgia, United States. Absolutely love them. They have a, a tremendous line to help finish off uh, at least take your forces most of the way there. Um, I have found uh, 
little spoiler too. Uh, the most, the force I play the most is the Royal Navy. Um, you know, again, talking about that critical mass, I hate the fact that they don't at this point in time they don't have Warlord has not released any Kent classes. Um, the big heavy cruisers for them, the, the the steaming heavy cruisers to give them a little bit more firepower. Um, I have found the did I find the Exeter there? No, but they have the York. Um, every single Kent. So if you're looking for like um i want to say some of the kents they actually cut down the quarter deck um the london was rebuilt i found her on xp forge no another one um but uh if you want and they have different ship configurations too like the deutschland they, they, i got their deutschland so that they have um you know slightly different than the sheer and the hit and the uh and the Grafs bay um fantastic great products um i also have a variety of aircraft um i will also throw in the aircraft bases they do sell a lot i want to say it's like um a dollar or two for each one fantastic uh and i'll talk more about that at another product in just a moment um varulf games uh gentleman out of colorado want to give him a shout out uh he does some 3d printing i have not used his products but they look really really good um but to me the big thing to get from him is the acrylic bases and i absolutely uh he's had top notch i've interacted with him on a few occasions um uh, electronically because not only can you get and see this is this is the anal retentive side of me not only can you get um him to laser etch the bases perfectly or not perfectly roughly good sized uh for your ships but uh, like for me, completing my Royal Navy, getting the J, K, and L classes, the E and F classes. My goal is to at some point get the G and H classes. Um, when he puts together your bases, he can take specific requests. So like for example, I absolutely love the fact that on my E classes, I have the Electra, the Express, uh, the Encounter. Um, for my J classes, I have the Jervis, I have the Jackal, I even got the Mohawk from the Tribals. So you, when you order through him, um, you tell him the class that you want and uh, the names of the ships, and you can have specific ships um, for those models. And so it makes it nice and fun to say, I'm going to send the Jervis on a, uh, on a, a suicide torpedo attack. Uh, or the encounter is going to come alongside and 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 try to take out these uh, submarines or whatever. Um, it just makes it. It just adds that nice, unique detail element that I absolutely love. And if you're getting specific forces for other ships, like uh, the other another one too, I was able to get all of the um, the heavy cruisers. I was able to put like you know in the Sheffield HMS Sheffield. For the light cruisers, I was able to put all the names specific to those ships, and it just adds such a great dimension. I played with so many people, and they're like, that is a great, unique addition to the game right here. Um, so definitely reach out to him on Etsy. Another one, this one was a bit more of experimentation. Uh, if you're interested in playing with the aircraft rules, and again, not going to cover that here, not going to cover the submarine rules. Um, historical board gaming out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, United States. Uh, if you want, excuse you, uh, if you are an Axis and Allies player, 
Well, let me rephrase. If you don't care about scale, but you want aircraft, they are the way to go, simply put. Uh, they are a great company uh, that has a lot of other access and allies style or using their pieces board game. Um, little little spoiler or shameless plug right here for them. Absolutely love uh, Global War 1936. It is seriously access and allies on steroids. If you want diplomacy, fantastic game. But I digress. Um, <laughs> um, but they produce a lot of aircraft. So if you want, uh, like for the British, I got the Barracuda. Um, so now I have a nice little dive bomber, torpedo bomber option for the British. Um, they have a lot of Japanese aircraft. Um, and then, you know, some of the U.S., um, if you want to get creative and land-based, I think I ended up getting uh, a flight of bow fighters through them. So if you want some land-based torpedo bombers, if you don't care about scale, they're the way to go. Seriously. Um, and then you can use them in conjunction with uh, bases 3D printed by XB Forge. Again, you can get a large number um, for some... I, I don't remember how much it's for, but it's certainly, it certainly hits well. Um and then you use your 25 millimeter Warlord bases um, mounted on that, and you have uh, a, a second to none aircraft lineup, at least until, again, Warlord hits the critical mass of, of aircraft and ships. Um, and then lastly, Shapeways. I've used some of them, and I don't mean to badmouth them, and I'm not, this is just an honest thing. I've not been as impressed with them. They do have a much larger selection. So if you're looking for something even more unique, like, for example, if you are going all in, for um you know convoy escorts the flower class um a lot of american destroyer escorts the 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 john c butlers um they're the way to go escort carriers um specific specific types of carriers that they got in there too that's a great way to go um but i i hate to say it the quality has been a little lacking on my end but you know i'm not going to complain they are uh it fills that void it fills the niche um so uh that's what i know um and uh those are my recommendations um so i really want to thank you for for sticking along with me here uh with general quarters uh i really hope that this will be the first of many editions um, doing some analysis, doing some synopsis of each of the countries. Um, my goal is for the next one to talk more, go more in depth into, um, you know, how a game is played, how you determine range, you know, how to, how to shoot and everything like that. Um, but if nothing else, I really hope that this has given you a little bit of insight before you start investing any money, um, into the game to be able to be like, oh, okay, this is the system. This is how it works. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you listening. Um, and with that, this is, um, you know, this is Matthew, and I am signing off. So we will now secure from General Quarters. <laughs>